It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with certified financial planners Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the show. With me in the KFG studios, my business partners and friends, fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Well, it's the season of giving, and that often brings one of the most common questions we get. How much money am I allowed to give to a child or a family member? Or maybe just a friend, right? Yep. That was, <laughs> I was looking at why you. Why were you looking at me? <laughs> you know, uh, we're, we're going to answer that question and provide some more clarity on the entire gift-giving process today on Wise Money. Yeah, we, and we have some great questions from fans of the show. We always appreciate that when you engage with us, and we love to hit your questions on program. So if you have a question, if you need some help, you can reach out to us. But if you have a question for the show as well, you can do the same thing. You can call or text us 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, you can find us wisemoneyshow.com and submit a question right there on the right. Also has all of our other contact information bios for us. So you can engage with us that way. And then social media, that's where we get most questions, most engagement. You find the Wise Money Show just at the YouTube channel, Facebook, or Twitter. Just search Wise Money Show, subscribe to it, rate it, leave comments, and you can submit your questions there as well. All right, it's a season of giving. It doesn't feel like it. It's just not about the giving part, just the whole holiday season. I'm just not there yet. Maybe I'll be there on the 26th. I don't know. <laughs> but we do. I, I, I think, I think the, uh, the most common question we get is how much can I get? And it just, it, it just pops up. How much can I give to this person? How much can I give to this person? It just pops up. This is just one of those evergreen questions. So yeah, it doesn't it, and it really doesn't make any sense because the question, how much can I give is there, there are a lot of different answers. Well, how much do you have? You know, how much do you, <laughs> you give it all? How much you do you want to give? And I think I, I, I at the risk of being a smart elk, I think the, 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 the reason why people ask how much can I give is because they want to know, make sure that they're not somehow doing something wrong or Correct. violating mm-hmm. something. Um, and if, if the spirit is giving and generosity, they don't want to har- like harm someone or, or, or provide some sort of consequence. Well, that's because there's a lot of misconceptions on some of the rule book yeah. around giving. A lot of people know enough that they think maybe there's some sort of a tax trap here or some sort of a limitation that's placed on them by the government or, or something like that. And so they're just kind of wanting to make sure they don't step on a landmine. Yeah. Um, but to, to Kevin's point, sometimes, you know, we, we help people with a planning process to also figure out how much should they give. That's right. Right? That's so, right. so there's a limitation on what's practical or what would actually do harm to you if you gave too much. And so maybe we can unpack a little bit of that today, too. And I would also make the distinction between a gift and a wage. So if I give you a gift, it's yours. Do with it what you want. Open it up. You know, take your Tonka truck and drive it through the mud puddle. I don't care. But if I give you a wage, there's an expectation attached to it. Mm-hmm. So I here's this money I'm giving you. It's not a gift. It's a wage. No, no one ever really says that, but they say... I expect that you will do this thing. Yeah. And I had a I had a friend who 
a long time ago, um, the family had given this couple money. And he said to the family, well, is there something we're supposed to do with it? And the family said, well, it probably hurt our feelings a little bit if you gave it all away. Huh. That's it. They just, they didn't want him to give it all away. And uh, they said this to a very young and idealistic person who <laughs> gave it all away. They, they, <laughs> they could have envisioned um, this person would have just said, well, uh, this was a gift. And so here I'm just going to give it away to something I believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and it wasn't a mandate, but it was just, hey, you know, it just, it hurt our feelings if you, yeah. if you gave it all away. Yeah. Interesting. It, it is interesting to watch folks, you know, we get to peer into a lot of people's lives and watch how they make their decisions on what to give and to whom and everything. And uh, it, it is a difficult thing to just give money with no strings attached, no expectations or anything, because you have a certain purpose in mind for giving that money. And, you know, a common one, I'll see uh, parents kind of peering into their kids' lives and see things like, oh, I wish they didn't have that credit card debt. Or I wish that they would just pay off that that car loan or something. And it's not happening fast enough for the parents, so they just sort of intervene and they give the money for a specific purpose, mm-hmm. which is different than just saying, here, I want to bless you. You decide for yourself what the, the, the right thing to do is. So it's it's all about how, how much control do they have over... You know, are, are they joysticking that money, you know, to, to their own intentions? And we have to be careful about what we share on the radio show because we we talk very intimately with people about their finances. And so this isn't where we would come and air that out. But there are some general observations that I would share. And um, I, have a, I have a horrible story um, this summer. Uh, our chickens uh, were were setting and they were hatching out uh, eggs, and um, and when I cleaned out the coop, I had about forty eggs that weren't hatched, and I th- I thought I just want to just throw them in the wood line and just let it be, and I, but I couldn't stand the idea that there could be chicks inside those eggs, so I put them in the incubator, and um, we hatched out seven of them, but one of them was really struggling to get out of the egg Hmm. and I was sitting and watching it with nothing else to do and I couldn't stand it so I I just took my fingernail just just pulled a little a little bit off and then a little bit more and a little bit more And, and eventually probably over an hour and a half I would pick it up and pick at it a little bit and then put it back down so I eventually got all the egg off of it and then I, uh, I set it in the in the, the 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 crate where the chicks were, and it was dead in a half hour. No way! It's a horrible story. I'm embarrassed to even <laughs> tell it, but you have to let the chick free itself from the egg, hmm. and if you don't, you'll kill it. And it it makes me think of the example you gave, Josh, with the credit card debt. Parents say, "Hey, I've got all this money sitting in the bank." My child has $29,000 on seven different credit cards. I should lend them money because I'll give them a much better rate. But really what they're doing is they're picking the shell off the chick. Hmm. And the chick 
it, 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 now in in this it's not maybe as as dramatic and extreme. I mean that it's not that the, their child would die if they helped them like this financially. But the child is not going to be helped like you would hope they would be. Mm-hmm. So they will come and say, hey, what should I do? Can I intervene here? And I always just tell them, listen, if you intervene, it's likely that the, the, the lesson that they're struggling to learn right now, they, they may not learn it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So financially, total sense. It makes total sense. Yep. You've got 30 grand in the bank. Your kid has 30 grand of credit card debt. You put your money there and we're off to the races. It's so interesting. I mean, the, the, the title, we've got a title each show, and this one's uh, The Art of Gift Giving. And you wouldn't know that listening on the radio unless you went to the, the podcast or YouTube channel. But really, we're starting with the psychology of gift giving. I mean, the, the behavioral side of gift giving. And, and you know, when you look at young kids these days, I think one of the, one of the things that long-term, if you want them to have financial success, you need to help them get the right habits today. And sometimes gift giving out of the spirit of trying to help, you can actually get get those habits twisted yeah. and mm-hmm. ultimately, ultimately harm. Now, we don't want to focus. That's not the purpose of the show, but there is certainly some psychology to it. But what are some of the tangibles? How much can you give before it's taxable? Um, what are some of the tax consequences? How much can you give to charities? We're going to hit all of that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. How much money can you give to someone else, a family member, a friend, uh, son or daughter before it's taxable. What are those rules? We're hitting that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com. And then wherever you're at on social media, we are there as well. Just search the Wise Money Show, subscribe to it. You can leave comments and stay engaged with the show that way. All right, we spent the first chunk of time talking about the the psychology the the behavior side the internal side of gift giving so important even at the break kevin said that's far more important than any of the tangible rules we're going to talk about right now so make sure you get it right i make sure you get it right and and gosh this is you've got to work with your certified financial planner on this you've got to be intellectually kind of working with someone who's seen this play out thousands of times and can point out some of the areas that you might not see or that you would say that'll never happen to me you know vet that out with a trusted professional who cares about you who's in your corner who's there to help that's your certified financial planner who's doing comprehensive financial planning they're also going to help you with these rules. So we're going to go to charities, but let's start like let's start with giving to another person. I think we get that question more. So if you want to give money to another person, say a child or a different family member, how much can you give? What are those rules? Well, first of all, no one tells you how much you can or can't give, right? You're allowed to give whatever you can afford to give. Um, but the government does have some rules in place, and this is what confuses people. Um, they, they know that there's some sort of limitation set by the government, and it's a, a $15,000 rule. This is, I'm kind of referencing the dollar amount here. Here's how you interpret it, though. 
the, the government says that you're allowed to give on an annual basis. Anyone can, can do this. You can give $15,000 to any recipient that you want every year without triggering any kind of gift tax um, reporting. Yeah, reporting needs or, or consequences or anything like that. You don't need to tell anyone. You don't need to tell anyone. It's fine. There, you know, it's just it's. it's. That's right. And and each uh, each giver is allowed to do that for an unlimited number of people as well. And if you're a, a married couple, each spouse is considered a separate giver as well. So each spouse could give fifteen thousand dollars to an an unlimited number of people. And a, a lot of people also wonder, well, okay, the person receiving the money. Do they have to report this on their tax return or anything like that? And if you're giving cash or if you're forgiving some family loan or something like that, um, the $15,000 is not income to them either. Uh, or any amount of, of money that you're giving to them is not income. But if you're giving something other than cash, maybe you're giving some stock or some land or part of a business or some other asset, then it's possible that you could be stepping into some tax consequences after they choose to do something with that money. You know, they sell the stock, they sell the land, whatever. That could trigger some tax consequences. You need to be aware of that. So you can give 15000 a year of cold, hard cash to or check or, or Apple Pay, I don't know, to anyone, to anyone. Your favorite radio show host, your least favorite, wherever I fall or we fall, uh, but you can give it to, to anyone. And and so Josh, uh, so that's the fifteen thousand a year. You don't even need to report it. Don't need to tell anyone. It's not taxable to you. Not tax taxable to them. It's not tax deductible by you. That's another one we get a lot of. Can I? I, I want to give some money to my child. And you know what? What are the what are the tax um, Benefits. Is, it, is that yeah. a write-off? Right. No, it's not. It, it's not. Um, so, but then Josh also hit the the um, the gift splitting idea, and that is if you are married, you can both you and your spouse can each give fifteen thousand to your let's say your son. Okay, so that's thirty thousand. You don't even need to report it. But then if your son is married, you and your spouse can each give your son and your daughter-in-law. 15,000. So you can actually get up to 60,000. I'm not supposed to do math on the radio. <laughs> 60,000 with uh, from one married couple to another married couple without really needing to report anything, no tax, no nothing. What happens if you go over that? What happens if you go over that? Um, well, let me tell you right now. Right now, if you have in mind an amount over that, well, here's the good news. Your, that annual limit ticks over to a new calendar year in just a couple of weeks. So you can give a chunk right now under the radar, and then on January 1, give the other chunk under the radar. You're good. But let's say you can't get under the radar. You're giving a house or something like that. Then all you need to do is file a gift tax return. What is it? 709? 709? Gift tax return? No one looks that stuff up. But just (laughs) file a gift tax return. But over your lifetime, until these rules change, which someone has promised they're going to change these rules, you can give $11 million to someone else and still have it not be taxable. You just have to report it if it's over fifteen grand. And when you say taxable, it, it, think gift tax. Yeah. So that it's, it is confusing because if I give cash out of the bank, the money that's in the bank in the form of cash, I've already paid taxes on that. You already paid income taxes. Income right? tax, yeah. Yes. 
So again, make the distinction between income tax and federal gift tax. Mm -hmm. So, which is different than if I have Apple stock that I've put a hundred dollars in and it's worth fifteen thousand. That if I gift that to uh, one of my children and they sell it, they inherit my basis. Yeah, that's when you gift the stock, you gift your cost basis as well, which that's geek speak, that's jargon. But but that is in the world of finance, cost basis is probably a term you're going to need to be familiar with. It's basically um, the difference. Your cost basis is what the money you have into it. And then the market value or whatever, the difference between what it's worth and your cost basis, that's the growth, that's the capital gain. Mm-hmm. But it, it may make sense to look, consider the character of what you're giving if you have the option, whether it's giving to a child or giving to a charity or some someplace else. Because if you have highly appreciated assets, there it's likely, it's possible that there are... Um, there are places where that money could be gifted. If you have a, a child in a lower tax bracket, That's right. they you might pay capital gains at 15 or 20%. They might pay it at zero. Yeah, I, th- I think this is one of the reasons why giving should never be done haphazardly. It should be part of a plan. Sure. And especially when you're giving to family members, you know, you need to pause long enough to consider the, the potential uh, benefits and the potential unintended consequences or or adverse consequences of the gift. But then how you give matters. Mm. You know, what you give matters. It should be part of your strategy that's looked at through the lens of your financial plan and your tax plan as well. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so I, we, we get a question about can you give a car a lot? But I actually, I'm, I'm looking at a list Kevin shared before i mean we're going to get into some of these but but you could gift a car is that taxable well if the value of the car is below that 15,000 the annual exclusion then you know you don't need to report it for gift taxes but then you got sales tax and i get this question from time to time and i don't i've never worked at the is it bmv or dmv around here yes yeah, yeah, it's both of those. Secretary of State. I, I so I get get this question from time to time. You do. You have to write in the in the bill of sale. You have to write gift in there. There shouldn't be sales tax on that. There really shouldn't. And I know it's confusing. There should not be sales tax when you're gifting a vehicle. But um, another one that I've worked with some clients on: Could you gift a Roth IRA contribution? Now that's an attachment. So there's a little bit of wage there. There's an expectation, but someone doesn't have enough resources. So you're gifting money. And you want to gift it in a way where it'll grow tax-free as well. And gifting money right into their Roth. There's a couple other ideas. And then we're going to get into some of the rules of giving to charity. So a lot more to come here on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The giving rules for charities have have changed in 2020. They're different. We're going to tell you what those differences are right now so that you can plan your your year-end, your Christmas giving wisely. All right. We're getting into that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG Studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. 
every episode of the Wise Money Show is on our YouTube channel. Go check it out. Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, subscribe to it, and turn on notifications as well so that you're getting you're up to date every time we drop a new video, which is every single business day, as well as the Wise Money Show on the weekends. All right, we're talking about gift giving, the art of gift giving. We spent a lot of time on the psychology of gift giving. Before we get into the charitable contribution laws and changes, they talked about, well, here's just a couple creative gifts that you could give. Um, You could give a Roth IRA contribution to someone, meaning you could give them the cash and have it go directly in their Roth. You could give them, give someone the gift of education, fund a 529 for them. There's actually some tax benefits if you do that, depending on your state. You could you could give um, you could give the gift of financial freedom, give the gift of financial planning, hire a certified financial planner for your son or daughter. Oftentimes, that's preferred than paying off their debt because the debt got there because of a habit. Now there are reasons they'll tell you, um, but it's typically habit related, and and the gift of financial planning can. Help them get over that. You can gift business sometimes to family members. Now, you got to be careful if if you own a business and say you've got a key person you want to give a little bit to. If they work there, that's a wage. And the, the, I, you, can't, you can't even argue that to the IRS. So they're going to they're gonna consider that a wage and they're going to tax it. So you got to be aware of that. Um, gift life insurance sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot of creativity. I mean, the, the, so your certified financial planner should give you uh, clarity, confidence, but creativity as well. Yeah. So I, I think when I think of giving a lot of times I think of giving to charity and, and, um, or give to your church and, and think in terms of, all right, I, I, from the time the kids were little, it was, here's what you do with the money you give, you save, and then you spend. And so, but now as big people, when you think about giving and it's coming towards the end of the year, what, what, types of things enter my mind. Uh, there's really three things. If I'm if I'm old enough, I want to give money directly to my church or another uh, any other kind of charitable organization. I want to do that via a, a qualified um, charitable, charitable distribution, distribution mm-hmm. QCD. And so that means basically the money goes directly from my IRA to the church. So if I do that, um, I don't pay federal or state taxes on that money when it comes out of my IRA. That's right. Versus you take the money out of your IRA, report it on your return, and then give it and hope you get a deduction on your itemized deduction. Sometimes you will get an itemized deduction. Many times you won't. 90% of, of taxpayers do not itemize anymore. And the itemized deductions don't help you on your state tax either. Right. But that, and so I think of another thing. Okay. Does it make sense in order to itemize to do two years worth of giving in one year? That's right. Some people that, some people that doesn't make sense to, some people that's not practical, and some people that would violate what they should give, when they should give, how they should give. That's fine. But if you're in a situation where you say, I'm, I'm gonna, I know I'm giving this much in 2020 and this much in 2021, and in neither year will that benefit me tax-wise, if you gave the 2020 and 21 amounts before the end of this year, that might get you to a point where some of that was deductible. Yeah, and here's how the math works on that. 
because of the Trump tax law changes that happened a, a few years ago, more and more people are struggling to be able to itemize their deductions on a tax return. Struggling in a good way, though, because yeah. they've, been, they've been given such a monstrous standard deduction. For a married couple, it's $24,800. And you'd have to give a significant amount of money and have a bunch of mortgage interest and, and other taxes and things in order to get up high enough to clear that amount with your own list of deductions or itemizing. So many people just can't do it. Most people can't do it anymore, which means that you're at risk of giving a gift uh, to charity and not really getting any kind of tax savings out of it anymore. But what Kevin's describing is a way to double up, essentially. Mm -hmm. Give two years worth at the same time and get more of a deduction. Maybe it does push you now over that 24,800 number and you're actually able to get some tax savings from it again. If you're worried about what that could do to the, you know, the, if, if you're worried that that could create cash flow challenges for the organization or church that you're really trying to benefit, one way to consider doing that is through a donor advised fund, which is basically you set up a giving fund and it's similar to an HSA where when you put money into it, that's when you get a tax benefit. So when you put money into it, it, it's a charitable deduction. And you can throw a couple years worth, or you sold a business, throw a whole chunk in there in the year where you want the tax benefit and you concentrate it into that, into that year so you get a tax benefit. But then it's sitting in this giving fund that you have influence over when the money is released from that fund to the actual end charity that you want to give the money to. So if you want to give five years worth of gifts at once because you are you just sold a business or you just retired and your income's really big or whatever, but five years worth of your gifts in the donor advised fund and just give to the church out of that over the next five years. And then there's, boom, uh, problem solved. Yeah, and there's a couple situations where someone might have a disproportionate amount of income this year. One I can think of is it would be a sale of a business. I sold my business. I've got a chunk of money uh, and I'm, I'm giving off of this, but I don't want to give this entire amount to a, a particular charity at, at this time. That's where the donor advice comes in. If fund is really sweet. And the other thing is you, you might've had, I know people that got a PPP loan that needed every penny of it and more and I know people that applied for, got a PPP loan, and w things, when they did the V-shaped recovery, um, they're doing okay. Yeah. Well, if, though, if, you're, if you're giving because you had a windfall, this would be the charitable, uh, the donor advised fund is a sweet option. So we're talking about the, the art of giving to charities. Now, a couple of things changed this year, and one you need to be aware of. It's not too late to give a couple hundred dollars to your favorite ch church or charity and um, and get a tax deduction even if you don't itemize. In 2020, the CARES Act allows you to give $300 per person. So if you file a joint tax return, that's $600 of cash to a nonprofit and have it be a deduction even it, well, you can't itemize in order to get that as a deduction. Now, that, as we've shared that with people, they've said, well, that's not a lot. Well, I know, but, you know, we still pick up pennies in the parking lot. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so if you're going to do that, I mean, any amount helps. And then you can, in Indiana, if you live in Indiana, there is, and we've shared this with you for a long time, a special 
tax credit, tax benefit for giving to an Indiana uh, college or university. Yeah, that and emphasis on the word tax credit here. Yeah. That's better than a tax write-off or tax deduction. Tax credits are putting dollars right back in your pocket. So if you give $200 to your alma mater in Indiana, let's say, uh, you get to take $100 off your tax bill um, on the Indiana return. That that has a multiplying effect, and those are the types of last-minute giving that you want to really consider. There's also some changes in the CARES Act for this year. Usually when you're giving, there are limits on how much of your income you're allowed to deduct, so you can't give too much. Um, those limits have been significantly increased this year. You can give up to 100% of your income. Businesses can give even more as well. So the rules are expanded this year. Make sure you check them out. Okay, we've got uh, we've got a few more things to hit with giving here. So we got that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Thanks for being with us today. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. If you've missed anything, gosh, it's been a an interesting show about the psychology and the art of gift giving and some of the rules, but also some of the eh, unintended consequences, the internal finance. So I hope you found this discussion helpful. If you've missed anything, every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find the Wise Money Show and uh, just search the Wise Money Show, subscribe to it, and then rate the show. That helps us, gives us feedback. We appreciate that. It helps others find the show as well. All right. So We're still talking about gift giving. There's a couple more things we've got to talk about when you're giving to charities, specifically giving stock. You know, we talked about if you're giving money to a family member, when you give a stock, you give your basis. And then when they sell, they could, they're going to have to report that capital gain. But you also give your basis to the charity if you're giving stock, but charities don't pay tax. That's right. This is one of the the great strategies involved with giving money or giving assets to to charities. I had a client come in a couple of years ago who um, was seeking out the help of a financial advisor. She was kind of interviewing me to to figure out, okay, is is this a right fit? And her number one objective, number one thing she was trying to solve was how do I give responsibly to charities? She had a significant amount of of wealth, and it was much of it was in individual stocks that had run up in value over the course of about fifteen years. So they, she and her late husband had invested a little bit of money. It had grown a lot, and she wanted to try to deploy some of this money, uh, get it out to some of the the organizations that had missions that she totally believed in and wanted to get behind put this money to use, so to speak. And she wanted a strategy for, for how to do it well, but also not overdo it because she had a very, very generous heart. And um, if left to her own devices, she recognized this about herself. She said, I, I would probably give away too much and put myself in a really bad spot. And then my family would be coming to my rescue. And so that's what she wanted to avoid. She wanted to know how much can I afford to give and then how do I do it wisely? 
And um, we, we were able to come up with a, a pretty cool strategy that utilized the donor advised fund that you were referring to, Mike. We were able to give some of the stocks away without her selling them. She let the charity sell the stock because they don't pay taxes. And, um, and we were also able to work in some, some careful tax planning um, to make sure that we actually did create enough income for her to take advantage of all these write-offs that she was creating for herself. And all that had to be governed by her retirement plan and how much money was she going to need for the rest of, of her life. And uh, it, it was one of the, the most fun uh, client situations that we got to be involved in mm-hmm. because the joy for her in giving is infectious, mm. right? It's inspiring. And uh, it, it's just fun to watch um, just her, her um, I, I don't know, enthusiasm and excitement about getting this money into the hands that could go multiply with it. And, but, but with the confidence that she's, she wasn't becoming a hardship herself on her family members. I mean, what a beautiful story about how comprehensive financial planning needs to be involved in a gift giving strategy. I mean, that's what it's got to, your gift giving plan needs to be connected to your comprehensive financial plan. And so love it. I, I absolutely love it. The The idea, I, I, I think in what she was saying, oftentimes if you, if you watch a magician, you know, there's the, there's the sleight of hand, there's the, there's the shell game, Kevin often says, but you might have heard some of what Josh just said, and said, well, well, yeah, I mean, I'm drawing money out of my retirement account to live on, and I've got some investments that I sell and give on, and, and, and that's what I live on. But then I give, I tithe to the charities, you know, or to my, to my church, and then at the end of the year, I give a little money here and there. So that's what I do, you know? That's just how life operates. You can do some shell game work and have the money go in a way that is more, this, I mean, it's the same impact to the charity, but it has, um, it's more efficient from a tax standpoint than mm-hmm. just that. And usually it just requires a little awareness and intentionality about it, and you can make it much more efficient. Yeah, but I would tell you, if you're thinking about that right now, if you're thinking, hey, I do have some highly appreciated stocks that I might want to give, get on it right now. You might have a highly appreciated mutual fund, and you could give shares of that yeah. fund. And I would say, get on it right now. And if you're listening to this and saying, hey, I don't have an oak tree in my backyard, but I've got some acorns that I might go plant that someday might be, it's tempting to say, well, I'll, I've heard these amazing stories about these highly appreciated stocks, so I'll go, I'll go get one. You know, there was a day when people thought that, you know, General Electric and General Motors were kind of the two companies that you should be invested in. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really tricky to pick a an individual stock that will actually um, be a, a long hauler, mm-hmm. if you will. So I would just say just just be careful about that and uh, make sure it's part of a carefully crafted financial plan, a, a blueprint, if you will. You know, we, this whole show we've been talking about giving gifts maybe before the end of the year, but certainly during your lifetime. And it, it probably is worth mentioning also that you're giving – um, also encompasses your estate plan as well. And the giving that maybe you intend to do at the end of your life, um, especially if you're a surviving spouse, maybe 
uh, if you passed away yesterday, uh, the money wouldn't go to your own spouse because they've already um, predeceased you. Who who's going to receive the money that you don't end up using in retirement? That is one of your choices, one of your decisions. It should be part of your plan and. The way you approach this, if there are charities that you want to benefit, sometimes benefiting those charities with things like IRA assets or 401k assets, this is money that's never been taxed before during your lifetime. And if it goes to a charity, they don't pay tax either. So it could be a chunk of money that completely avoids the tax man's hands. And then maybe you use other assets to benefit your family and and loved ones. But the, the point here is, uh, there's more than just strategies for giving charitably during your lifetime or even giving to your family members. You need to, to work this into your, your overall financial plan from an estate planning standpoint, too. And that's exactly right. And estate laws could be changing here. Uh, they, they, uh, in the, and I'm stammering here because I don't want to get political, but in Joe Biden's tax plan, he's changing the estate plan. I have no idea if he'll be able to do it and if Congress will do it, but... There's lots of talk about changes to the estate plan. Let's change the conversation. And Kevin was was really asking me to do this. Um, <laughs> and have you ever been out shopping and for a gift for someone else and looked at something and was like, oh, I I'd look good in that. And got, <laughs> and got yourself, you you know, you're buying gifts for other people, but got yourself a little something too. And uh, it, we can't talk about gift giving without talking about how to give to yourself and you know there's there you could psychoanalyze this and say well is your motivation for giving um selfish we've been talking about you know tax benefits to you but if you if you turn it and say well the healthier you are financially the more confident and and enthusiastic giver you'll be the healthier you are financially the more of a of an influence you could be to others and, um, and, you know, possibly share some fruit off of your financial tree to, to them and to others. So I don't think this is too far out of the question to talk about giving to yourself. And early on in my career, and you've probably heard this too, you know, the first idea of giving to yourself is quote unquote, paying yourself first, pay yourself first. And so that the whole concept is, well, you're working for a wage, and before the money even lands in your in your bank account, siphon a little off and send it downstream to the 65 year old you, and and so save an automatic automatic amount to retirement to the future you, so that you've got stability. So that's that's the term, pay yourself first. That's a little gift to your future self. Yeah, I that happened to me one time. I was in the mall, and there's a store called Brookstone. And <laughs> That's dangerous. I, it, is, it is yeah. dangerous because I went in, and they said, hey, why don't you just sit in this massage chair? <laughs> and I sat in there. I thought, "What? Well, I don't know what just happened to me, but this is <laughs> something very special. <laughs> and I thought, so this is, this is the best way. If you're going to give to yourself, you— Make it, it a massage chair? My wife— <laughs> You gave it to your wife, My you? wife was almost— <laughs> Merry Christmas, Lori. <laughs> My wife was almost 40 at the time, and I thought, boy, you should have a big special gift for your 40th birthday. And so I got a massage chair for my wife for uh, for her 40th birthday. And, um, 
and I've enjoyed it very much, <laughs> um, along with her, and really the 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 kids do as well. Um, and your business partners do. Yeah. That's yeah. my favorite chair when, yes. when we come over. They do enjoy it. So, um, so I do think you can. It can be a multi-purpose gift. <laughs> I mean, Lori didn't appreciate the the, the tackle box or the or the chainsaw, um, <laughs> but there are some ways. I'm. Well, so pay so pay yourself first. Give give yourself the gift of financial stability and financial freedom in the future. The other thing is some of those gifts, right? Not everyone has the means to to buy a massage chair or maybe the hot tub that you've been thinking of or whatever. And so the way you give yourself that is delayed spending, where you figure out what that goal is and figure out how much you need to save up, and then just just divide it by twelve and start saving every month automatically. Automate those savings, and uh, and you can you can give to yourself. Yeah, I, I think the whole principle here is having a cash flow plan because this is part of just you directing the money flowing into your hands. Is it going to go towards giving? Is it going to go towards investing? Is it going to go towards debt relief or will it go towards consumption or spending? And you know, there there are a lot of people who would say exactly as you just said, hey, pay yourself first. There's others who would say, no, I'm going to give off the top and I'm going to do my giving first. Mm-hmm. The, the point is they both fit in or they should both fit in your overall cash flow plan. You need to be intentional about how you direct these types of dollars, whether you're building for your own future and your own, um, you know, your own plan, your, your own goals and everything, or you're, you're trying to benefit those around you, whether that's a charity or a family member. It requires a plan. And, and the last way to give to yourself is just making sure you're doing so, you're, you're doing your giving to charities and others in a very tax efficient way. And, and that is, I remember I wouldn't deduct contributions initially because I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't doing it for the tax benefit. But at the same time, I mean, that you, you, you want to have a wise tax strategy when you're giving if you're going to be a good steward. So, all right. I hope that's been helpful to you as you approach gift giving and giving during this holiday season. That's all the time we have. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, and all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.